symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. Guys, and welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade. Now at episode number 96, as we begin the month of October in 1987 in the World Wrestling Federation. Wow, already into the month of October, and just a few episodes away from our milestone 100th edition of the Grenade as well. So much going on right now. And of course, guys, I am your host, Ray Russell, to bring you all of it. And this week on the show, not only do we take a look at the first weekend of October 87 WWF TV covering Superstars Wrestling Challenge and Primetime Wrestling, but it's the new fall season, which means I'll also be reviewing the October 3rd edition of the WWF's Saturday Night's Main Event. All three men's titles on the line, including the Macho Man Randy Savage taking on Intercontinental Champion Honky Tonk Man. And spoiler alert, guys, major angle ahead, including the formation of the Mega Powers. Mm, yeah. Now, for those looking for the October 87 News and Results episode, no fear, we'll be diving into all of that here next week on the program, episode 97 of The Grenade. But first, just a friendly reminder that you can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade and our sister shows like Monday Warfare, The Battles Within, It's Raw versus Nitro as we cover the weekly breakdown of the Monday Night War, both in the ring and behind the scenes, now currently in the month of August in 1996 over there on Monday Warfare. You can also listen to the Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories, currently covering two separate projects, including Georgia Championship Wrestling in 1981 with guest co-host Jamie Ward and Bill Watts' Mid-South Territory, now the UWF, in 1986 with guest co-host Roman Gomez and a very special 1986 Crockett Cup edition of Regional Wrestling coming around the corner. And you can listen to all of those shows and more as part of the WrestleCopia podcast network located over at WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met, from Apple to Spotify, Google, and beyond. And be sure to follow me on social media, guys. Follow me on Twitter at Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade also. Follow and like me at Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Follow me on social media for all the latest goings on here at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. And I'm also constantly adding old school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history. And be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel as well, guys. You can find me there at YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Uploading new footage all the time. More than 500 videos now up there at YouTube and counting. And before we get going, just another big thank you. Big thank yous go out to all of the loyal listeners of the podcast and the patrons of the WrestleCopia brand. I ask you guys for your continued support to help me build the brand because it's your retweets, shares, likes, follows, subscriptions, those five-star ratings you give me on your favorite streaming apps. That helps the WrestleCopia podcast network continue to grow. And I appreciate all of you for coming along for the ride, starting at the ground floor 
as we work our way up. And one thing I promise with the Grenade Show and all of the podcasts here at WrestleCopia, that includes the ones currently up and maybe some coming soon, little teaser there. But the one thing I promise you guys at all times is quality content that not only informs, but also entertains a good combination of a, a little professionalism and a whole lot of fun. Now that said, we have some annual bills coming up over the next couple of months, so now would be an absolutely fantastic time for you to become a WrestleCopia patron. And you can find me there at patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Multiple tiers to choose from. I only ask you guys to give it a try. At that $5 all-access tier includes so many things. And on that list of things, you get all of my insanely detailed book-like show notes. I'm talking pages upon pages of show notes for every episode of the Wrestling Memory Grenade, Monday Warfare, and the Regional Wrestling Podcast. You'll also get early access to many of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia, where you can listen days and sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. Plus, remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade covering the 1989 NWA project. Includes enhanced sound quality and new content and conversations originally edited out of the initial broadcast due to time restraints, edited right back into the show. But that's not all, guys. You'll also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. And of course, our Patreon-exclusive watch-along series covering many past WWF and WCW pay-per-views, Coliseum videos, Saturday Night's main events, Clash of the Champions, and so much more. Plus, random bonus video drops, newspaper clippings, and more. And lots of special bonus material upcoming to patrons of the all-access tier for that regional wrestling Crockett Cup 86 program coming very soon. And you get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. No subscription, guys. Cancel any time. Show your support. Give it a try for a month. I think you'll like all the content that I offer. And every penny of it goes right back here to the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. So please, if you have a few bucks to spare, you're looking to support that next up-and-coming podcast brand. If you like what I do here, the time and the effort I put into every episode of every program here on the network, if you guys can, help me pay some of the bills to keep the WrestleCopia Podcast Network up and running for the months and the years to come. And now with all of that out of the way, time to jump into yet another month here in the 1987 WWF project and to pick up the month of October. And it all kicks off with the October 3rd edition of Superstars of Wrestling. Here we go, Superstars, October the 3rd, tape back September 15th, Peoria, Illinois, at the Civic Center. It's Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, Bruno Sammartino on commentary as we head to the ring for six-man tag team action. It's the fabulous Rougeau brothers teaming with superstar Billy Graham going to take on the trio of Rick Gantner, Joe Murdo, and Tom Rocky Stone. And what an odd trio the Rougeaus and Graham make, maybe hoping the Rougeaus will hide Graham's physical handicaps while Graham can hide the Rougeaus personality handicap as we get an insert promo right away from butch reed here he says graham can run he can hide he can even find friends like the rujos but he can't beat the natural so the feud's still ongoing between the superstar 
and Butch Reed. Meanwhile, in the ring, it's Graham showing off his power early on, sending two of the guys down to the mat as they try tandem stereo wrist locks. Top wrist locks, Graham going to shove them both down. Then from there, it's Billy Graham with a slow motion and rough-looking backdrop. Before the Rougeos take over, and Gantner has simply no idea how to handle their eccentric double-teaming. But Jacques, though, with a nice missile dropkick off the top onto Gantner, and then Billy Graham back in for the bear hug. Going to get the submission win in two minutes as the Rougeos clear the ring of the other two guys with dropkicks. Meanwhile, Superstar Graham refusing to release the bear hug following the match. And if you want me to be honest with you guys, I think he's actually trying to gain balance before he lets go of the hold, which is even more unsettling. But the show continues on. We get a special interview now. Craig DeGeorge up on the stage with managers Jimmy Hart and the lovely Miss Elizabeth. Odd to see Liz without the macho man, but here we are. Both managers out here to talk about tonight's Saturday night's main event matchup between the Intercontinental Champion Honky Tonk Man and the Macho Man Randy Savage. As Jimmy Hart says, he and Honky ain't worried about nothing. Jimmy puts over his managerial prowess as he handles multiple WWF champions currently in his stable. Meanwhile, the lovely Liz is concerned over the Macho Man's safety, but that's nothing new. Liz admits that Honky and Jimmy Hart have had a lot to say as of late, but after the match tonight, both men could be eating all of those words. Scripted by Elizabeth here? Very likely. But the crowd pops huge for Liz, dissing the mouth of the South, and Jimmy does not look amused. And it all goes down tonight, guys. The Macho Man taking on Honky Tonk. As we get our next Survivor Series promo this week. More on that very soon when we get to prime time. But for now, it's back to the ring for the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Bodyguard Virgil in his corner, taking on the Cowboys, Scott Casey. And Casey going to hold his own early on getting some shots in when the opportunity presents itself. But Scotty for a leapfrog and gets caught by DiBiase into a Buzz Sawyer power slam. I wrote, wow, awesome seeing DiBiase do that leapfrog into the power slam spot here. But it's the spinning toehold. Oh, no, back to this. DiBiase going to get the submission win three minutes and nine seconds. And I can't wait till we're done with this toehold for a finisher. As we're off to Mean Gene Oakland standing by with jumping Jim Brunzel, B. Brian Blair, the Killer Bees. So many great tag teams of the World Wrestling Federation these days. Of course, the Hart Foundation, the World Tag Team Champions. Jumping Jim Brunzel, B. Brian Blair, come on in. I know your ultimate goal has got to be the Hearts and the Heavyweight Tag Team Championship belts, but right now, Brian, for you and Jim, a number of different teams are on the way of the Killer Bees and, of course, the Tag Team Champions. That's right, Mean Gene. Lots and lots of teams. You know, the Demolition, the Heart, Fonde- Heart Foundation, of course, right now are the World Tag Team Champions, and everybody's gunning for them. you got the Bulldogs, the Rougeos, everybody, the new Strike Force. But the Bees, we've been after them now for about two, two years now, Mean Gene. Just the other day, I was down in T-Town, my hometown, talking to Hazel down at the Honey Hut, and Hazel said, you know, B. Brian, I want you to bring me home a big W. I want to see those world tag team belts around you and jump them's waist. And, you know, before I got my quarter orange blossom special, I said, Hazel, I'm not going to let you down, Mama. All right. Well, I've, I've heard so much about Hazel. Someday I'd like to meet that little lady. Jim Brunzel, yeah. Let's take a look at a couple of teams here. Demolition, one of the teams we can talk about. The other one, the new dream team of Valentine and Bravo. Well, the demolition, you know, you got two fellows that uh, try to intimidate their opponent, opponents, uh, both over 300 pounds, uh, both well over 6'3". And then you have uh, Valentine and uh, Bravo, a new team. They, they're actually no frills att- uh, attached. They just come right at you. But uh, the reason... 
It's a little hard for me to talk to you, is because the bees are really frustrated. You know, we've been sitting around here for two and a half years, and we overcame a lot. And we took our time, we beat everybody put against us, and we still have to wait for the hearts. Well, the hearts, we're going to be real patient. You beat them now two out of three times, don't you? Exactly. And we got one more chance. All right. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Patience is a virtue. Remember that. Killer Bees, B5 Blair, Jump, and Jim Brunzel. Well, guys, I guess that promo happened. Still waiting for that title shot, are the Killer Bees. Still waiting for that title run, are the Bees. And they'll be waiting pretty much the rest of their lives, I suppose. And what can you say at this point about the Bees? Other than they'll play a big part at the upcoming Survivor Series. And then it's back to the ring. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff with Oliver Humperdinck in his corner, taking on Dave Wagner as we get an insert promo here from the brain. Bobby Heenan says he has a special surprise coming for Mr. Wonderful in just a couple of moments. As Orndorff mauls yet another opponent this week, both in the ring and out on the floor, then once back inside, Paul lands a nice dropkick as we cut to Bobby Heenan and ravishing Rick Rude standing up on the interview platform for everyone in the arena to see. Rick Root removing his ring robe and begins posing as the fans boo loudly. Orndorff finally catching wind of what's going on, but the action continues. Paul with a Saito-style back suplex as Root continuing to pose for the fans and a clothesline by Orndorff in the ring, setting up the pile driver, going to give Mr. Wonderful the win two minutes and 54 seconds. But post-match, Rick Root still on the platform, posing in the direction of Mr. Wonderful. And at first, it looked like Orndorff begins to leave the ring, but on second thought, Paul stays in the ring and poses right back to a loud ovation, much louder than Rick Rude from the fans here. So huge pop for Orndorff, which pisses Rick Rude off. Everything backfired here on the brain and ravishing Rick as uh, Heenan hands Rude back his robe and they storm off the interview platform. Orndorff, though, getting the one up here, so much for the brain surprise, eh? And Rick Root is really getting a lot more heat than I remember this early in his WWF run. So much for Rick Root being a prelim guy. A Meltzer. And Paul Orndorff still very much over at this point as well. As we're off to yet another promo, this time it's Mean Gene standing by with the natural Butch Reed. All right, here in the World Wrestling Federation, there is a man that desperately wants to meet Hulk Hogan for the world's heavyweight title. But I think he's got a little work to do before he can ever have an opportunity to meet the world champion. Natural Butch Reed from Kansas City. Come on in. Butch Reed, I see you've got a little work to do before you can meet the heavyweight champion of the world. That work involves superstar Billy Graham, himself a former world heavyweight champion. I've been standing in the midst for a long time, waiting on the shot of the big man. But now it's another big man that wants to come on the scene and try to make his way to the top. Well, let me tell you something, Graham. There's only room for one at the top, and Butch Reed is, happens to be standing in the top contender's level. And now you want to come and horn me out. It don't work like that, Billy, because let me tell you something, I got two or three things on you. First of all, I got youth, I got body, I got knowledge. And I got enough meanness 
I got enough ferociousness and viciousness in me to take you out one more time. I don't care about your hip. That's a miraculous recovery you made. I like it. But somewhere down the line, Billy Graham, you're going to wish that you would have stayed at home with your wife and your kids and take care of your home and looking out over the sunset in the evening time, smoking a pipe. Because Butch Reed is out to do business with you, boy. Somewhere down the line, I'm going below the belt, wherever it happens. And then I'm going to give you a present that I want to give you. A present is a wheelchair, a two-wheel Cadillac, a stroll road, and a dressing room. All right. Thank you. He is the natural Butch Reed, and we're going to be right back. As you guys know already, the natural still programmed here with superstar Billy Graham, at least for the short term. But at least he's doing something, I suppose. As we get yet another Survivor Series promo, we know it's all going down Thanksgiving night, but what is it? We'll have to wait and find out. As it's back to the ring for six-man tag team action involving the Heenan family of Ravishing Rick Rude, Hercules, and King Kong Bundy, of course, the brain in their corner, taking on the trio of Tony Leone, Chris Bassett, and M.L. Williams. As Rick Rude tells the bald-headed losers in the crowd to shut up while he shows the ladies his manliness. Then as the action gets going, it's Hercules with a big press slam launching M.L. Williams all the way across the ring. And then Herc, with a stiff-ass clothesline, going to take Tony Leone's head right off before King Kong Bundy tags in and drives Leone down into the mat. And then from there, Rick Rude back inside on Chris Bassett with the body breaker. Going to get the quick submission for the Heenan family. One minute and 47 seconds. And up next, we're talking about the Heenan family. So it's off to update. And Craig DeGeorge, as he speaks with the currently injured Ken Patera. Hello again, everyone. I want to give you the latest on the Ken Patera situation. First of all, can you believe the obstacles the former Olympian keeps facing? Every time you think he's safely down the road, another Mack truck appears heading right at him. And that truck, by the way, is most often driven by Bobby the Brain Heenan. His henchman, as Patera calls them, already did that hatchet four-on-one whipping job on him a few months ago. And then the latest episode, when the Brains boys detach the tendon in Ken's right arm. But Patera keeps coming back, his recovery coming along now, and he insists that the knockout punch still has not been delivered. Bobby Heenan, you probably felt that I was finished from professional wrestling once and for all. But then, unfortunately for you, the tricep tendon was disassociated from the joint. The tricep heads were disassociated from the tendon sheath, but the doctor successfully repaired it 110%. And he gave me his word that I will be back, bigger and stronger than ever. And in a few days, this cast will come off, and I will be training again, and I will be back to eliminate you and the rest of your goon squad from the World Wrestling Federation once and for all. Well, determination, in one word, that may best sum up just what Kenny Patera is all about. And it also could be the reason why you might side with him in his ongoing battle to rid the world of the Heenan family. With Update, I'm Craig DeGeorge. There it is once more, Ken Patera vowing revenge after his torn tendons in his arm. He says done by the Heenan family. Patera coming back with his weasel whacker cast to take out Bobby Heenan and his goon squad. Then it's back to the ring here on Superstars for Killer Khan. Mr. Fuji in his corner, Khan going to be taking on Mike Richards as Vince McMahon puts over the Mongolian mist. It's not only dangerous, but it stinks to high heaven, pal. And you guys know the drill by now in a Khan match. It's the thrust kick, the green mist, and the backbreaker sets Richards up for the diving knee. 
off the middle rope this week. Killer Khan getting the win, 2 minutes and 27 seconds. Up next, we're off to a replay of the Islanders attacking Tito Santana over at the Spanish announce table. Great angle there is Tito Santana doing some commentary there in Spanish when he's uh, confronted by the Islanders. Now, Tito, he's the first one to throw the punch, but he knew it was coming there. Attacks Tama, but attacked from behind by Haku and laid out by the Islanders. Pedro Morales also on commentary, tried to make the save, but he goes down as well. But the focus here entirely on Tito Santana as the Islanders strike force feud will continue on. As it's time now on Superstars for another British Bulldogs promo. Now, we've seen the dog tips. We've seen the PSAs, but this one, this one draws the line with me, guys. The British Bulldogs introduce a music video, but not from the Piledriver album, but rather of Matilda. Are you ready for this? Set to the tune of How Much Is That Doggy in the Window? Woof, woof. I wrote, what the fuck? I feel like I need to make a joke here about the Bulldogs being neutered as they're really killing this team. Can't wait to see them back in the ring. Very soon here, Davy Boy Smith and the Dynamite Kid. Remember, guys, for those who have missed the last recent editions of the Grenade, Dynamite's been out. They've been allowing to to finally, almost a year later, rehab that back injury. So he's been out for a couple of months here. Davy Boy's went at it alone a little bit, but Davy Boy also recently suffered a separated shoulder in a matchup with Hercules in Boston Garden. So both Bulldogs out, but they'll both be back very soon. And I can't wait. As we've got more action in the ring, listen to this tandem. The Junkyard Dog headed out with the Polish power, Ivan Putski, taking on the team of Chris Curtis and Mike Poland. As Jesse Ventura, he says he thought he battered Putski out of wrestling years ago. Mentioning their old arm wrestling contest, fun throwback here on commentary by Jesse Ventura as we get an insert promo from Ivan Putski trying to teach JYD a little Polish. Dobra. All right, pal. Then in the ring, Putski and JYD slamming the job guides down early on to let the dog down on all fours with those crawling headbutts. And then Putski inside working a headlock that proves to be so strong that Poland appears to be out of it when it's finally released. And how ironic is it that Ivan Putski is working a jobber named Mike Poland? No coincidence, I'm sure. Then from there in the ring, JYD with a big clothesline, but it's Putski back in with the Polish hammer gets the big pop and the win here in two minutes and 35 seconds at referee. Jack Kruger has a brain fart for a second uh, during that cover Putski down to make the count. And Kruger just kind of stands there and stares for a moment. Maybe he thought he was back in 1977 for a moment there. I'm not really sure, but Kruger finally dropping down, making the cover and it's the dog and Putski picking up the win. As I said, two minutes and 35 seconds as we got one more promo lined up here this week on superstars. This is a good one. Mean Gene Oakland standing by. Oh, yeah. With the macho man, Randy Savage. All right. I want to take the opportunity of talking to a man that certainly has. Well, we've seen some tremendous changes come over this man. I think it really all started out in WrestleMania three. He is a former Intercontinental Champion from Sarasota, Florida, and certainly one of the great ones today in the World Wrestling Federation. Macho Man Randy Savage, come on in. A lot of things happening in your life, and I wonder if we could Wouldn't talk that to through everything now, Mean Gene. Oh, we talk about yeah. everything on this program, about believe you me. Everything, huh? Put me on the spot right here. This is your life, Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, just, uh, just, uh, just, uh, just take it easy. Yeah, and uh, possibly I'll do the same. Yeah, in return. Yeah, to everyone. 
on the earth, the people that are coming against the Macho Man Randy Savage, for whatever reason, greed, yeah, reputation, yeah, I've got the reputation and people sometimes want to cut me down, but that's not going to happen, not without a fight! You know, Macho Man, just uh, a week or two days ago, I happened to run into you and your manager, Elizabeth, in the airport at O'Hare International in Chicago, and in talking with Elizabeth, I don't remember I, uh, running into you in the airport right there. I think you, you know. might have been up at the newsstand. But anyway, I was talking to Elizabeth, and we concur on one thing, that Macho Man, over the past few months, you have acquired something new. It's kind of an intangible. Like spunk. What? Spunk. That would be it. Spunk. Exactly. That's it right there. Elizabeth said that too right there, huh? She did. Ah, uh, yeah, I think I have. I think I've become more spunk. Spunky. I think that I got a little bit more spunk than probably I used to have. In fact, all-time record high, big time jubilee. The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. When the going gets tough, the tough gets going. I think I'm more spunky than I used to be. A lot of people say do something, yeah. Even if it's wrong or even if it's right, but stay spunky, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, if your manager says it, I've got to believe it's true. If anybody would know, Elizabeth would. I was at the newsstand where in the airport? O'Hare Airport in Chicago. I yeah. think it maybe seven days ago. Well, it's out of line like that. Yeah, I'm going to be thinking about that with the microscope. Oh, yeah. no, no. You don't want me putting you in the danger zone. No, Neither no. Neither do you, uh, Honky Tonk Man. Neither do you, King Kong Bundy. Neither do you, anybody in the World Wrestling Federation. Because I am the wrestler of the future, yeah. I'm the wrestler of the present. I'm even the wrestler of the past. I'm the wrestler's wrestler, yeah. And I am one other thing, Mean Gene Okerlund. Spunky. Spunky. Really, really spunky, yeah. In fact, I don't think I can stop being spunky, yeah. All right, he is Randy Spunky, Macho Man Savage. I thank you very much. He's a great one. Savage got a lot going on right now in his world, but let's not forget tonight, it's Saturday night's main event in the Hockey Talk, man. Always a fun time here. Got promo from Randy Savage. And speaking of that matchup, as Superstars concludes, we get our final hype for tonight's Saturday night's main event, featuring the Macho Man taking on IC Champ Honky Tonk Man, as we hear from several of the wrestlers and managers here and their thoughts on the matchup. And it goes as you might suspect, Outlaw Ron Bass picking Honky Tonk Man to win, while Hacksaw Jim Duggan picks the Macho Man. Meanwhile, Slickster says Macho is going down to the Honky Tonk Man, while on the other end, Oliver Humperdinck says victory for Randy Savage. Then we hear from Andre the Giant, who says he doesn't care who wins that match. He only cares about one thing, and we leave it at that. Obviously, talking Hulk Hogan and that WWF title. And speaking of the Hulkster, we close the show with closing comments. As Hogan says, Hulkamania is indeed the strongest force in the universe, but the madness is gaining steam, brother, and Savage will beat the Honky Tonk Man tonight. Dude. So even though it's a full edition of Saturday Night's Main Event, even though Hogan defending the title against Sika, no real mention of uh, much of anything here outside of that Honky Savage match, which really what the entire episode is built around. Also here next week on Superstars, we have this to look forward to. The Rock Don Morocco stepping in the ring with former tag team partner Cowboy Bob Orton, likely the blow off to their feud here on TV and likely the blow off to Orton's WWF run. So some fun this week between Rick Rude and Paul Orndorff. That feud continues on, and they hard sell tonight's big Saturday night's main event, Savage and Mancho, but again, completely ignoring Hogan and Sika. What's that about, brother? 
as we move on to Wrestling Challenge. October the 4th, even though it airs the day after Saturday night's main event in most markets, they actually sell this episode of TV like it's prior to the NBC event. So no spoilers here as we roll on. It is October 4th, Wrestling Challenge. Here we go, Wrestling Challenge, October the 4th, tape back September 16th, Rockford, Illinois at the Metro Center. Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon on commentary as we head to the ring tag team action. The Young Stallions, Jimmy Powers and Paul Roma taking on the duo of Rick Rinslow and Dave Wagner as Crank It Up plays over the loud PA system. Roma and Powers getting their tag team title shot versus the Hart Foundation as part of that Saturday night's main event, which also happens to be the feature portion of this week's episode of The Grenade. So stay tuned. It's on commentary here, Bobby Heenan acknowledging the Stallion stealing Jimmy Hart's song as the babyfaces take control of the matchup. Roma going to miss a dropkick and finally winding up in the heel corner here. Eventually, though, Roma gets the hot tag out to Jimmy Powers, who comes in a house of fire, though the crowd is not. Very dead crowd here this week for challenge. But the Stallions dropkicking both of their opponents down, before Roma shooting Wagner into the ropes, dropping down Wagner, running right into a Jimmy Powers slam to get the win here for the Young Stallions, three minutes and 41 seconds. And then it's off to special report with Craig DeGeorge. He too is even talking the Macho Man Hockey Talk Man match at Saturday night's main event. Talk about big buildup, guys, as we see highlights of the recent issues between the two men. And then back to the ring, more six-man action again involving the Heenan family. This time it's Hercules, the King Harley Race, and King Kong Bundy taking on Brady Boone, Scott Casey, and Chris Curtis. Is Johnny V going to join commentary here with Bobby Heenan ringside? We get an insert promo here also from Andre the Giant. Andre promising a huge announcement, maybe even a giant announcement, coming soon. Hmm, what could that be? Is Casey going to avoid some Hercules offense and tagging out to Brady Boone, who gets a little too cute with a crossbody spot and he's caught in the midair by Hercules and drove down into a backbreaker before Harley Race tagged in next, dominating Chris Curtis and lands the suplex. Uh-uh, brother. Down goes Curtis to the mat and then Bundy in with the big avalanche splash in the corner and he gets the one, two, three, no, five. Five count here this week for King Kong Bundy gets the Heenan family the win. Two minutes and 31 seconds. As we're off to a promo here on Challenge, Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. All right, stay tuned. More action right around the corner. By the way, a gentleman who had established his residence in Hyannisport, Massachusetts. Well, it's that time of the year again. And the million-dollar man has moved to Bel Air on the West Coast. Come on in, Virgil, my good friend. Always good to see you with those... With those Ben Franklins on, yep, million dollar man. Oakland, if you want to butter somebody up and smile, you better smile oh. at me, because Virgil doesn't let go of any bit of that money unless he gets my permission. Mm. Right. Very good. You know, Ted DiBiase, I have never seen anybody ascend to the top to be a number one contender as quick as you. At the risk of sounding negative, I'm not so certain you haven't been greasing a few palms along the way. You know, Oakland, 
That's what I hate about you. You are very opinionated. You're putting ideas into these people's heads. Now look, granted, I can buy anything that I want. New cars, new homes, anything that I want. But there's one thing that I cannot buy, and you know it, Okerlund. I cannot buy victories. I cannot buy my way to the top in the World Wrestling Federation. Hulk Hogan, you've got the one piece of gold that I want, and I can't buy. And I'm going to get it. That's what I'm here. That's what I'm after. And you said it yourself, Ogreland. Nobody has come into the World Wrestling Federation and climbed that ladder any faster than I have. And you know, when you've got the money, and you can push your weight and your money around the way that I do, you step on a few people's toes. And I understand there's a lot of people out there writing cards and letters into the World Wrestling Federation saying, who's this DBS he think he is? Having people kiss his feet and little kids doing push-ups. Well, I'll tell you who I am. I'm the man with the money. And I can make you do anything I want. If I offer enough of this you, stuff. You, you stiffed a few people along the way, too, in all due respect. Uh, how much you hey, got Hey, there? hey, hey. Oh, look, just, don't touch. But look. I just, I want to get a count on it. I just, I wouldn't touch it if you know that. You want to... Thank you very much, gentlemen. I thank you, Ted DiBiase. Million Dollar Man. Oh, Virgil, stay tuned. We're right back. There it is. Gene suggesting DiBiase has been greasing the palms to climb to the top so quickly here of the WWF. But DiBiase says he can buy anything he wants, but the one thing he can't buy is victories and his way to the top. Most of all, DiBiase says he can't buy the WWF title. Well, that'll change pretty fast. And I guess we have Mean Gene to thank for that. Thanks for putting the idea out there, Gino. As challenge continues on, another British Bulldogs PSA, Matilda teaches us not to smoke. It's bad for your health, guys. Then back to the ring, Bam Bam Bigelow. Oliver Humperdinck in his corner, taking on shadow number one. And this particular shadow this week, Jose Luis Rivera, and it's getting to be just about that time for the Conquistadors to debut here soon. So Moondog Rex probably all but gone from the World Wrestling Federation at this point. As the Bammer going to do a cartwheel over a shadow dropdown, and then on the other side, catching up with a dropkick. Very impressive move. And then from there, Bigelow with a one-armed slam, driving Shadow down, setting him up for the slingshot splash from the apron, the bombs away back into the ring. Going to give Bigelow the impressive win in just one minute and 24 seconds. Bam Bam Bigelow, he has the look, the speed, the agility, the size, the power. He has just about everything to become a major star here. We'll have to see how it all plays out. But for now, Mean Gene Oakland standing by with a man who just had many matches here with the WWF champion Hulk Hogan. We're talking about Mr. Fuji's Killer Khan. It would be remiss of me of not taking the time to talk to this premier manager on the World Wrestling Federation. A man that certainly is a world-class wrestler. He is the samurai warrior. He's a little long of tooth. The veteran septuagenarian, Mr. Fuji, come on in. Premier manager on the World Wrestling Federation, and you have big plans indeed for Killer Khan. Indeed. Also, I am the master of the martial arts. Also, I am the master of making people suffer, and suffer indeed. And I want you to meet Killer Khan from Mongolia, from our grand champion. You see all the beating? You see? You see? He loves pain. And when he loves pain, Mr. Fuji have goosebumps on his body. I love it. I love to see a pony scream. Specifically, can we talk heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan? Hogan, son. We are waiting for you, Hogan. We want you, not piece by piece. We want your whole body for Khan. 
We want you from head to toe, boy son. Can, can you get Killer Ka to say something in Japanese, Mr. Fuji? Oh, be very honor. Hanashire. Ogan. Omae wa chikara ga tsurai kido. Ore no hou ga. Konjou ga aru, naze nara, jugo no teki kara murihen ni genkoto no sumo shaka ni ichi ichita. Judo sumo karate. Omae wa nani ga aru? Chikara dake da. Well, don't think I don't understand uh, some, yeah. some Japanese. Uh, I understood some of what he said. He, he, he did say Toyota, didn't he? That's what I thought. All right, gonna thank you, Killer Khan, Mr. Fuji. Stay tuned. We're right back. Fuji's stating there that he loves the fact that Killer Khan loves pain as they talk about WWF champion Hulk Hogan. So I'd say this generic promo came a few months late. We know Khan's been working Hogan on house shows for the last two, three months, and he'll continue to do it a little bit here into the month of October as well. But did you hear it, guys? Killer Khan, he's been here since post-WrestleMania, and this is the first time we finally hear Killer Khan speak. Now, as for what he said, I have no idea, but but still very cool to finally hear Killer Khan speak. And then it's back to the ring, more action, and this time involving Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Virgil in his corner, taking on Jerry Allen could be a fun one, as DiBiase has apparently changed his seasonal residence now making his fall residence, the autumn residence, in Bel Air, California. And then from there, the action gets going. Jerry Allen firing up on DiBiase early, sending Teddy packing outside to regroup. But once back inside, Ted DiBiase going to take over. But Allen is completely out of position for a DiBiase middle rope elbow, and the entire spot looks awful here. DiBiase comes off with an elbow and misses Allen by a mile. But the million-dollar man right back to it delivers his patented power slam before locking Allen in the sharpshooter, the Scorpion Deathlock going to get the win. And I can live with that as the finisher for Ted DiBiase here, who picks up the win four minutes and 23 seconds. As DiBiase channeling his Japan tours, busting out that future Scorpion Deathlock slash sharpshooter, I wrote, very cool. As the show goes on, we're off to a special interview. Craig DeGeorge up on the stage, standing by with the outlaw Ron Bass, and of course, the bullwhip Miss Betsy as the outlaw out here ranting and raving, shouting at the top of his lungs, I guess because when you yell, it doesn't matter if the promo is actually good. I suppose. As Bass states that he wants the competition, and his bullwhip Miss Betsy wants to whip some hides. And it's hard to believe that, if you think about it, Ron Bass, he's been here since basically the beginning of the year, and he's done next to nothing. Comes in, starts that feud with Blackjack Mulligan that goes nowhere. Mulligan gone by WrestleMania 3 or so. They never even have a matchup. And we never did get to see Miss Sarah Jo Puckett. Unfortunate. As we're back to the ring for The Rock, Don Morocco, taking on Barry Horowitz here this week. Morocco going to dominate the matchup, overpowering Barry early on. But Horowitz tries a comeback until he misses a middle rope leg drop. And then Morocco back in control, pointing to the gorilla. No, not you, Bobby Heenan. I'm pointing to Gorilla, dedicating the Tombstone Piledriver to Monsoon this week rather than his typical dedication to Bobby Heenan. Another factor in the Morocco face turn here, dedicating his finisher to Gorilla Monsoon. And it is the Tombstone going to pick up the win here over Horowitz, 2 minutes and 44 seconds. And then from there, again, it's the replay of the Islanders' attack on Tito Santana. So they're really pushing that hard, as they should. It made for a great angle. And then back to the ring, six-man tag team action. Hacksaw Jim Duggan this week going to team up with Jacques and Raymond, the Rougeau brothers. How's this for a feature match? Their opponents, tag team champions, 
Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart, the Hart Foundation, and Dangerous Danny Davis. And of course, they have Jimmy Hart in their corner. As we get an insert promo to start things here, Jimmy Hart is pissed off that the Young Stallion somehow stole his Crank It Up song. Still like to know how they did that. It's never explained. It's all six men. Everybody gets a little bit of time in the ring early on. Duggan with a big slam on Jim Neidhart. Very impressive. And goes to town on all of the heels. Ho! Crowd riled up for Hacksaw. But the hitman going to attack Jacques from behind. And the heels begin to work Rougeau over on the mat. As Danny Davis holding Jacques from the apron. Bret Hart charging at him. But Jacques moves out of the way. And the hitman accidentally knocks Davis off the apron instead. And then it's tag time from Jacques to Brother Raymond who locks Brett in his sleeper hold. A former finisher of Raymond, for those not aware of his pre-WWF work, so Ray has Brett locked in the sleeper, and it appears the hitman is in trouble until Danny Davis attacks him with the megaphone. Davis clocking Ray Rougeau with the megaphone, causing the blatant disqualification in just two minutes and 45 seconds. Now, post-match, it is Hacksaw Jim Duggan chasing all the heels off with his trusty equalizer, the 2 by 4 Tough guy? You got a megaphone, he's got a two by four. People want to know, Hacksaw, why do you carry that board? That right there is why. As we close out this edition of Wrestling Challenge, got a couple more sound bites for you. First, we're going to go off to Mean Gene. He's standing by yet again this week with the Killer Bees. All right, a couple of gentlemen that are enjoying tremendous popularity in the World Wrestling Federation. They have been through a couple of very rough years. There have been some good times, but there have been some bad times. A lot of frustration, D. Brian Blair, for you and partner Jim Brunzel. When I say frustration, you've experienced injury. Whew, some very controversial things have happened and some title matches you've had, but you've managed to live through it all, Jimmy. Well, that's right, and I want to thank my partner, Brian, for uh, instilling that positive attitude. You know, I'm the old-timer of this uh, team, and uh, I got frustrated, and, and we both were frustrated because we came about that far from being world tag team champions, and it just seems like the hearts have been either running away or frustrating us with outside interference or, you know, and uh, it's just got to the point where Brian and I just got to say, hey, bees, you can do it. Brian, you can do it. Jim, you can do it. Just think positive and go from there. Two years plus, Jim, though, I'll tell you what, you've, you've seen virtually everything in those two years. Well, there's so much talent here. You know, there's never a let up. You can never take any team for granted. Uh, you got teams coming out of the woodwork, and uh, Brian and I are just fortunate to be here, and hopefully we can uh, remain uh, without injury and give it one more try. I'll tell you what, I think there's a big secret right there we don't talk about. Keeping healthy, staying fit. Staying healthy, staying fit, and what you said first means, Gene, positive attitude. you got to have a positive attitude because everybody out there knows. Doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs, carpenters, bricklayers, they all know that life is peaks and valleys, man. One day you're going to be up, and the next day you're going to be down. But if you keep on trying, you keep on stroking, you're going to get back up to the top. And sooner or later, we're going to have another match with the Hart Foundation. And everybody out there knows we beat them twice in non-title matches. Well, one of these days, it's going to be our lucky night, me and Gene, because too many people out there have supported us. We've had too many cards, too many letters, too much support, and we do have that positive attitude right now, me and Gene. You know, one thing I want to point out, and we don't touch on it uh, enough here... But, Brian, down in your hometown of Tampa, Florida, mm -hmm. you have an annual camp or school for, for youngsters, and you get right in there, and, and you do a little uh, freestyle of Greco-Roman wrestling with these young kids, and I've just got to compliment you and everybody involved with that program in Tampa, Florida. Well, thank you, Mean Gene. You know I love kids because they are the future of the world. But right now, Jumpin' Jim and I, when we stand out there, we represent 
these kids. We represent these people that we talk to because we do a lot of other things. Jim does a lot of things, me and Gene. We feel good about it, but what we feel good about right now is knowing that we're healthy, we're alive, and that we're going to get another chance against the Heart Foundation. That will happen, Jimmy. You know that. Well, we hope so, and uh, like Brian said, we're going to keep a positive attitude and take each match as they come. The only way you can do it, patience, gentlemen, I know it's a, it's a virtue, and certainly these gentlemen have had to have patience. They are B. Brian Blair, Jumpin' Jim Brunzel. They are the Killer Bees. So the Bees acknowledging they've been through some really tough times, but they're frustrated as of late. Are the Bees positive attitudes, but a very generic promo once again, and maybe someday they'll see those tag titles. Then again, maybe they won't. And then as it continues to draw near here on the grenade, we're going to close out this episode of Challenge. It's closing comments just hours away. We're going to hear from both sides. I see champion Honky Tonk Man and, of course, the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Big Intercontinental title match coming up this weekend. And right now, let's go to some special pre-recorded comments. Oh, yeah, the big match this weekend. Honky Tonk Man after Macho Madness. Yeah, get so holy, you. you're not going to be able to sing. Yeah, and you're not going to be able to dance. You're going to feel real bad. A Macho Madness hangover. Yeah. You've been saying I had a big mouth. Well, you're right. But you're not going to shut it for me because I'm going to sing, I'm going to dance, and after this weekend when I shake, rattle, and roll you, I'm going to prove to everybody, and you in particular, Macho Man, I'm the greatest intercontinental heavyweight champion of all time, the honky-tonk man. There it is. It's all going down, quote-unquote, this weekend. Saturday night's main event, guys. Can't wait to get there. But before we do, we've got a couple more pieces of business to tackle, including, just really quickly here, quick result for WWF All-American for October the 4th. An exclusive matchup here, taped in Peoria, Illinois on September the 15th. It's George the Animal Steel defeating Brian Costello with the Flying Hammerlock. Now, I know what you're saying, Ray, was that really necessary to cover? I try to cover all corners, including All-American exclusive squash matches. As we roll on, one more episode of TV to look at before we get to Saturday night's main event. And this week, it's primetime wrestling for October the 8th, 1987. Hosted here as always this week by Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. And now this did air five days after Saturday night's main event, but much like the other prime times of the era that aired directly after a pay-per-view or an NBC special, these were recorded before the events air. So they essentially ignore the event during commentary on the show. So no mention of it whatsoever this week. It's basically a standalone episode that we can sneak in here before we get to Saturday night's main event. And it's actually a fun episode, as always, because Heenan and Gorilla this week, they're going to break down the upcoming Survivor Series pay-per-view. I'm Gorilla Monsoon. And I'm your host, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Primetime Wrestling. Boy, we've got excitement lined up here this week on Primetime. And in fact, uh, later on in the program, we're going to discuss in detail Survivor Series. Oh, aren't we ever? You've got a lot to do with that, Brain, and... Uh, 
Well, we have a, probably a little preview of that particular series coming up with our feature match this week here on Primetime Wrestling. The, the new dream team, Dino Bravo, and of course the Hammer, Valentine, against Jacques and Raymond de Rougeos. They could easily uh, be heavily involved. Oh, they will in the be Survivor involved. Series. Uh, I don't know if the Rougeos are going to make the Survivor Series. I think that's you, a little too tough for the Rougeos. Please, what are you talking about? Well, the Rougeos are a bunch of... Um, Great athletes is what they are. Yeah, great athletes is what they are. Of course, uh, just about everyone, in fact, everyone in the Heenan family is involved in the Survivor Series. Everybody is. I understand that uh, there's going to be a lot of tonnage in there, and they're going to have to do some extra support on the ring. I've heard they reinforced the ring. Uh, the ring may even be a bigger ring. Well, that, that's possible. We're dealing with, uh, with Andre's team that we'll get into later on with uh, in excess of one ton of humanity. That's Thanksgiving it, night. Yeah. You a could, lot of turkeys there. Yeah, you could be one of them. Not a turkey. In fact, you could have a whole bunch of turkeys in there for my money. World's heavyweight Starts champion right Hulk Hogan, uh, a big part of the Survival Series coming down Thanksgiving evening. We're going to be talking about it later on. Right now, let's go to the ring as Mr. Wonderful goes into action. No, I don't want to see him. You're going to see it. No, I don't want to see him. Stop. Don't play it. There you have it. We'll hear all about this mysterious Survivor Series event here this week on Primetime Wrestling. As the show goes on, got a few sound bites for you here this week as part of the show as Gorilla and the Brain talk a little bit more about the Ken Patera injury and the Weasel Whacker. You're laughing. The only way he could damage me, the only way he could immobilize me would be if I couldn't drive. If you couldn't drive. Yeah, if he didn't make license plates for my car, please, I couldn't go out. Please. <laughs> you know, since that, since that particular <sighs> piece of footage was made, I believe that the cast is now off. I and he is training. Through my sources, he has a thing that laces up. It goes from the shoulder to the arm. And I don't know how bad or how much he needs it, but he's calling it a weasel whacker. That's correct. It is a weasel whacker. You know what's going to happen with that weasel whacker? It's made for all the members of the weasel family, too. Well, good, then I'm home free. I'm not a weasel. But he is, in fact, a member of Hulk Hogan's team as part of Survivor Series. And he and four other gigantic individuals will take part in this extravaganza that's going to go down. Oh, guys, I don't want Mr. Wonderful. Too bad. Wait a minute. Superstar Billy Let's go to the special update. Bam, bam, big. So at this point, the plan is still on for the Heenan family to feud with Ken Patera, as you can tell. Now, how much longer that's going to last, we'll have to wait and see. As the show continues on, it's more talk about the Survivor Series. Thanksgiving night, the World Wrestling Federation presents a special live pay-per-view event. Witness the Survivor Series. The most spectacular lineup in wrestling history will make this November 26th, Thanksgiving night, a night to remember. Hulk Hogan's team is led by the world's heavyweight champion himself. On Thanksgiving night, the WWE is having their first Survivor Series. Andre the Giant, your team versus mine. One by one, they'll be eliminated until it's just you and me together. Hulk's teammates are Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, Bam Bam Bigelow, superstar Billy Graham, and the former Olympian Ken Patera. The opposition features Andre the Giant. I want you, Hulk Hogan. Andre's team includes Ravishing Rick Rude, One Man Gang, King Kong Bundy, plus the Natural Butch Reed. See the Survivor Series this Thanksgiving night. Well, Brian, you certainly have an advantage when it comes to the weight department in this particular matchup. This I've got Andre. The, I've got Andre the Giant. He outweighs them all. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's faster. He's tougher than all of them. 
But he couldn't beat the Hulk, could he? Not with that referee we had, not with that no. officiating. But in you're going to see a lot of difference here in the Survivor Series. I, I, I think that the Hulk's team has got a little bit of everything. In fact, let's take a look at, collectively, everybody that's on the World Championship. Look, do you see Ken Patera with any kind of an arm brace on there? No, but I see him with stripes, and he's used to that. Then you yeah. get a guy next to him looks like an out-of-work Bic lighter. Then you're you got talking Super about Star- the guy that you couldn't get, Bam Bam Bigelow. I didn't want. Then you got superstar Billy Graham, looks like he swallowed a skunk. Then you got Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, a cheap imitation of Rick Rude, and the world's champion Hulk Hogan, only because he's the world's champion, is because of the refereeing and the officiating was so bad. Uh, th- well, oh, you, you, you certainly me. knocked everybody in that photo. Well, let's, you put let's more take, in, let's take a look at, at Andre's team. Okay, fine. There you got ravishing Rick Rude. Look at the physique on that man. The natural Butch Reed. Now look at the weight factor. King Kong Bundy. Fast food king. The one-man gang. And Andre the Giant. Now, you can take all the speed you want on the other team, all the strength and power. Nobody's going to get these people off their feet. And I've also got strength. I've also got speed with Rick Rude. It's going to be more than interesting, to say the least. So we get our next Survivor Series promo there at Thanksgiving night. And the main event announced, Team Hulk Hogan going to take on Team Andre the Giant. And as of right now, Superstar Billy Graham, one of the names announced for Team Hulk Hogan. Now, we know that'll change based on an upcoming angle here on television, but just a pretty cool visual there, Superstar Graham on the team with the man who idolized Superstar Graham, who basically attempted to recreate Superstar Graham in his own vision, if you will, and I'm talking about Hulk Hogan. And then from there, hey, let's make it a full trifecta here this week. We heard him once on Superstars. We heard him twice as of Wrestling Challenge. Now it's our third promo this week here on The Grenade from the Killer Bees. So many great tag teams of the World Wrestling Federation these days. Of course, the Hart Foundation, the World Tag Team Champions. Jumpin' Jim Brunzel, B. Brian Blair, come on in. I know your ultimate goal has got to be the Hearts and the Heavyweight Tag Team Championship belts. But right now, Brian, for you and Jim, a number of different teams are in the way. The Killer Bees and, of course, the Tag Team Champions. That's right, Mean Gene. Lots and lots of teams. You know, the Demolition, the Heart Heart Foundation, of course, right now are the World Tag Team Champions, and everybody's gunning for them. you got the Bulldogs, the Rougeos, everybody, the new Strike Force. But the Bees, we've been after them now for about two two years now, Mean Gene. Just the other day, I was down in T-Town, my hometown, talking to Hazel down at the Honey Hut. And Hazel said, you know, B. Brian, I want you to bring me home a big W. I want to see those world tag team belts around you and jumping Jim's waist. And, you know, before I got my quarter orange blossom special, I said, Hazel, I'm not going to let you down, Mama. All right. Well, I've, I've heard so much about Hazel. Someday I'd like to meet that little lady. Jim Brunzel, yeah. Let's take a look at a couple of teams here. Demolition, one of the teams we can talk about. The other one, the new dream team of Valentine and Bravo. Well, the Demolition, you know, you got two fellows that uh, try to intimidate their opponent, opponents, uh, both over 300 pounds, uh, both well over 6'3". And then you have uh, Valentine and uh, Bravo, a new team. They, they're actually no frills att- uh, attached. They just come right at you. But uh, the reason why it's a little hard for me to talk, Gene, is because the bees are really frustrated. You know, we've been sitting around here for two and a half years, and we overcame a lot. And we took our time, we beat everybody put against us, and we still have to wait for the hearts. Well, the hearts, we're going to be real patient. We beat it now two out of three times, don't you? Exactly. And we got one more chance. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Patience is a virtue. Remember that. Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair, jump at Jim Brunzel. And the Killer Bees all over the place right now with me and Gene Okerlund. They must have had a long day of promo work recently. But the show goes on as we get an exclusive match 
featuring the outlaw Ron Bass scoring a win over leaping Lanny Poffo. And then coming out of that outlaw Ron Bass match, it's more banter, including Bobby Heenan's love, or lack thereof, for the midgets. Here it comes. This is a form of the pile driver here, where he gets a man's uh, head between the legs there, jumps straight up in the air and drives the face right into the mat. A dangerous hold indeed. And the one, two, three count and your winner. Cowboy Ron Bass. A dangerous and very punishing move by the big outlaw Ron Bass as he goes for Betsy. And we see right here whipping Lanny Pompo. Bruce Pritchard along with Mike McGurk and Oliver Humperdy. Stay tuned, we'll be back. Somebody needs to teach that guy a lesson. You're right, Pritchard shouldn't hang around with McGurk I'm talking about uh, Ron Bass. Somebody needs to go in there and really clean his clock for him. You mean take Betsy away and turn it on him? Well, not, not so much. I don't advocate that. I, I, I'm talking about going in there and teaching this guy what professional wrestling is all about and uh, that you don't go in there and try to maim somebody. That is not the objective. It's to go in there and try to win the match. Yeah, but if you can maim a person along the way, why not? Sure, that's, that's your feeling, just like you tried to maim a little beaver. Well, that was Bundy's doing. Yeah, under your specific instructions, well, I'm sure. he was lucky he got to do it. Wish, I wished I could have got my hands on the little runt. I don't like midgets. You're not far from one. Well, you're bigger than me. I'm talking about you in particular. Coming up, folks, the most interesting uh, segment in the program. We're going to bring you up to date. In fact, we're going to go into the Survivor Series in depth and tell you what it's all about. All that and a whole lot more coming up in just a moment. And Bobby Heenan essentially doing what Bobby does best. He's having a little fun here as the show goes on. And as promised at the top of the episode, the rundown of the entire Survivor Series event, all of the matches announced here, and listen for a little Easter egg of a name announced on Team Macho Man that will quickly be changed. Stay tuned, guys. I'll be back on the other side. Here it is, Gorilla and Bobby Heenan breaking down the entire Survivor Series event. Thanksgiving night indeed, November 26th. All roads will lead to the Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio, for what's going to prove to be one of the biggest extravaganzas of all time here in the World Wrestling Federation, the first annual Survivor Series. Let's talk a little bit in depth, Brain, about what this encompasses. First of all, there's 50 of the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation involved in this. There are four matches in all. And the four matches, three of them will be comprised of team captains, of which each will have four members on his team, and the other outstanding combination will be all tag team members that will be comprised of five teams in other words 20 men out there at the same time in just one match in one match that's right now if you're pinned if you're disqualified if you uh submit you have to go back or count it out or count it out you have to go back to dress room could we've four on one let me explain this before we go any farther as it applies to the tag team elimination match the team has to go yeah, if one member of the team is eliminated, his partner must also leave. So if one of the Rougeos get beat, both Rougeos have to leave. Right. Let's, what a let's, blessing. Let's talk for a minute on, on the tag team match. The, the captain of that particular match, of course, is Strikeforce. How would you like to be led by them? Anyway, go ahead. Their team members are the Killer Bees. No comment, right? You're just, you're just laughing. You wait till we get to the other Got side. It. The Young Stallions, Paul Roma, Jimmy Powers. Yeah, the Rougeau, Jacques, and Raymond are part of that team, and also the British Bulldogs. On the other side of the coin, facing them, the captains, the Hart Foundation. World's Tag Team Champions. World Tag Team Champions. They will have on their side Demolition. Wow. 
The Dream Team, Bravo, Bravo, right? The Russians, Nikolai Volkov with his new found partner, Boris Zukov. Boris Zukov. Should be interesting. Wow. And of course, the Islanders. My there team. you've got 20 guys all at once in an elimination tag team. That's going to be... So it could wind up with, uh, let's say, the Hearts, Demolitions, Dream Team, the Russians, and uh, the Islanders against maybe just the Rujo. It's possible. Uh, Wouldn't that be lovely? Yeah, it would. For me. Let's take a look at Hulk Hogan, who is the captain of his team, and here's some of his members. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, superstar Billy Graham, Ken Patera, and, of course, Bam Bam Bigelow. What an awesome fivesome that is. He looks like the uh, he looks like five of Kenny's roommates when he was Please, up at the uh, San Quentin. Give me a break. Let's take a look at your pride and joy, of course. Oh, be glad to uh, show. Andre the Giant, the captain of this team. King Kong Bundy, ravishing Rick Rude, the natural Butch Reed, and of course the One Man Gang. I believe we outweigh them. Now they could be a little like faster a by having Orndorff, but Rude's faster than Orndorff. Then again, Patera's pretty quick. And strong, but so is the natural Butch Reed. All right, the other teams. Let's get the other sure. teams. You have a ladies' five-person elimination, of which the fabulous Mula is captain of one team, and the ladies' champion, Sensational Sherry, is the captain of the other team. And still, one other very important elimination. Ten people involved, five on each side, the captain of one team, intercontinental champion, Honky Tonk Man. On his side, dangerous Danny Davis, the king, the outlaw Ron Bass and Hercules, and Hercules, a lot of your family involved in that team. Uh, the opposition, the captain, Macho Man Randy Savage, Brutus Beefcake with him, Junkyard Dog on that team as well, Jake the Snake Roberts, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Well, I don't know how that match is even going to get on their way. There's so much bad blood between uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and the Honky Tonk Man. It, it is, it's, in fact, it will be. It's like WrestleMania. Survival of the fittest. Certainly will be. The only people that are going to survive that are the people that are well prepared for it. That's the only way you can go into that. Not, not uh, necessarily your group. So in one fell swoop, we learned the entire card. As of the weekend, we didn't even know what the Survivor Series was. Now we know these elimination matches, four of them, and we know all of the matches on the card. Fun times ahead, and did you catch the names involved on Team Savage? The Junkyard Dog? Will eventually become Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. And then lastly, before we get to the big... Feature portion this week on the Grenade. We've got one more soundbite here for primetime. Coming out of a Rougeau Brothers new dream team 20-minute draw at Madison Square Garden. Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon going to talk some Survivor Series scenarios. You see the mayhem that was created there with just those two teams. Imagine what it's going to be like in the Survivor Series when there are 16 other people out there involved. I think what you're going to have to deal with here... You know, you got a lot of egos in that ring. No kidding. You got a lot of guys that want to be the star of that team, the star of that match. They don't want to be tagged. They're only going to tag their partners. They're not going to tag somebody else. Well, it's going to be something to see. It's going to be interesting because it could come down to one team against five teams or three teams against one team. Or but one champion against a giant. Could happen. It's going to or it could be the world's heavyweight champion against Andre Bundy and Gang. You ever consider that? Or it could be Andre against Hulk Hogan, Mr. Wonderful, and another member of the team. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Not to me. Could become very important. The Survivor Series is going to be something else. You're going to want to be part of it. Until next week, Gorilla Monsoon for the Fool saying so long. Lots of possibilities hyping up the Survivor Series pay-per-view. 
Could be five-on-one versus Hulk Hogan. Could be five-on-one versus Andre the Giant. So many things could happen, and it has me pumped for sure. I'm excited to get to the Richfield Coliseum, just a 30, 40-minute drive away from Cleveland, Ohio. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's October television. Now, based on the way October falls, there are actually five weeks of WWF TV here in October, and I like to do two weeks at a time. Seems to be the general flow here of the show. So it seemed like a no-brainer to do the first week on its own here and couple it with the Saturday night's main event program, which we're going to get to in just a minute. But stay tuned, guys. The next three episodes of The Grenade going to tackle all of the rest of October here in 1987. Next week, going to be looking at the news and results portion of the month of October. And then from there, going to tackle the next two weeks of October TV following this week. And then in three weeks' time, going to close out the month of October as we head into the month of November and the Survivor Series. And those final two weeks of October TV are going to be part of episode 99 of The Grenade, which means episode 100 right around the corner, the month of November here in the WWF right around the corner. And of course, that Survivor Series pay-per-view. Stay tuned. Lots of fun ahead on The Grenade. But you guys have been waiting long enough. So here we go. We've been waiting patiently since May the 2nd of 1987 for another one of these. But good things come to those who wait. It's been a long time coming, five months, but finally, here it is, guys. It's the October 3rd, 1987 edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. Yes, indeed, here we are, the 12th installment of Saturday Night's Main Event, taped back September the 23rd to air here on October the 3rd, Hershey, Pennsylvania, at the Hershey Park Arena, as we head off to the intro for this episode. Two things are going to happen tonight when I defend my intercontinental title against a macho man. You tell him, baby, you tell him, honky. <laughs> Number one, I'm going to shake, rattle, and roll you, macho man, and leave you curled up in the ring like a pretzel. Humiliate him, baby, humiliate him. And number two, I'm going to steal your woman. I know she likes a honky-tonk, man. She wants to be with me. She likes the way I walk. She likes the way I talk. She likes a winner. <laughs> freaked out, freaked out. That dime store Elvis impersonator has uttered his last insults ever about the macho man Randy Savage and Elizabeth. Yeah, and macho madness is ready tonight more than any time before. Honky-tonk, man, you got a big mouth. Yeah, the macho man Randy Savage in front of Saturday night's main event and zillions of people all around the world. Shut it for you! Paul Orndorff was nothing before I managed him and groomed him. You even gave him his name, Mr. Wonderful. That's right. Mr. Wonderful got his name from me. And tonight he's going to get a lot more from one of the biggest members of the Bobby Heenan family, King Kong Bundy. This is Sika, the Wild Samoan, 
my all oh, my man he's a savage and he'll eat anything and tonight he will devour hope hogan eat 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 <laughs> you can eat all the chicken necks you want, Sika, but you won't be able to take a bite out of these 24s, pythons. Tonight, the hunter becomes the hunted as you cross that great territorial divide and enter my jungle. I want to welcome the Candy Cup to the world, Hershey, Pennsylvania, and welcome to this capacity crowd at the Hershey Park Arena. I'm Vince Grand, along with Bobby the Brain Heenan, and tonight we have a veritable night Einstein. As a matter of fact, we have no less than three World Wrestling Federation championships up for grabs, correct? That's correct. By the way, do you know what all three title matches have in common, Mr. Heenan? Now, you tell me, smart guy. You don't manage any of the reigning title holders. Hey, who do you think you're talking to, Zero? And I mean Zero with a capital O. I'm Bobby the Brain Heenan. And I've got a big surprise for you and the humanoids out there. So you get ready, and you get ready. Who everything hot and heavy already right out of the gate. Honky Tonk Man going to remain the Intercontinental Champion and maybe steal the Macho Man's woman in the process. Freak out, freak out. Ooh, yeah, Macho Man tossing up that old school confetti, referring to the Honky Tonk Man as a dime store Elvis impersonator. Macho Madness is ready for his match tonight. We also heard from Bobby Heenan and King Kong Bundy. Heenan says he made... Paul Orndorff, he even gave him his nickname, Mr. Wonderful. Then from there, it was Fuji and Sika. You couldn't see it here on the program, but Sika eating the head off of a, a rubber chicken or something along those lines. As Hulk Hogan says, tonight, brother, the hunter becomes the hunted. As Sika enters the Hulkster jungle, all part of Saturday night's main event. And off we go, as we heard, host for this edition, it's Vince McMahon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Well, that's new. No Jesse Ventura for this edition of Saturday Night's Main Event. Instead, he's replaced by Bobby Heenan. And that's about as good as a replacement as you can ask for, but still, I'm not sure if the brain is going to be the body. As Vince McMahon gets one over here on Bobby Heenan, do you know what all the title matches have in common tonight? None of the champions are managed by you. Ha ha, pal! Vince McMahon giving one to Bobby Heenan. There is Heenan promises a big surprise tonight. Stay tuned. And right now, guys, we head backstage. Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Talking about the Honky Tonk Man and his manager, the Colonel, Jimmy Hart. Standing by right now, Mean Gene Oakland. He is with the reigning Intercontinental Champion, the Honky Tonk Man. Under normal procedure, the champion will be the last to enter the ring. Apparently, the Honky Tonk Man is demanding to be the first to enter. What about it, Mean Gene? Well, Vince McMahon, I too am very curious why the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champ, the Honky Tonk Man, and you, Colonel Jimmy Hart, want to head to the ring first tonight. What about it? Because these people, my fans, each and every one of them, they've come here tonight to see a real entertainer, a real champion, not some cheap imitation. And I'm going to get out there as soon as I can so I can thank them all for their support of the greatest Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion of all time. <laughs> all right, Jimmy Hart, you've got to be concerned. This is one of the most eagerly awaited title defenses ever. What should I be concerned for, Gene? Gene, do you know any other manager that's managing world champions today other than yours truly, huh? <laughs> well, you know, Honky Tonk, you seem to be very confident, very cocky in tonight's title defense. That's cool and cocky and I'm ba 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 And don't forget, I'm going to steal his woman because I know she likes the way a Honky Tonk man walks. Come on, Jimmy. <laughs> All right, they seem to be wound up, those two, heading for the ring. Let's go back to you, Vince. 
honky tonk man is wound up, and so is this capacity crowd. So is the macho man, the challenger. This is going to be an extraordinary matchup. Look at the way the man is dressed. You know, people all over the country and here tonight are wondering and to themselves, they're saying, Elvis, who? You know, Savage made the remark that honky tonk man looks like a cheap dime store imitation of Elvis Presley. Well, he's going to go home tonight, Savage, without that intercontinental title and without Elizabeth. I'm not opposed to Elvis impersonators, but I wonder what Priscilla Presley and Lisa Marie think of this one. They were out back when the honky tonk man walked in. They were screaming, trying to rip his clothes off. I was right there. I saw it. I don't believe I saw that. Honky Tonk Man making it clear he wants to enter the ring first tonight. The Intercontinental Champion, he doesn't sound too concerned as Jimmy Hart puts himself over, managing more champions than anyone right now. In the WWF, Honky Tonk Man remains cool, cocky, and bad. As he heads to the ring, new theme music and all, the Honky Tonk Man, and I can't wait. And we won't have to wait very long, as up next, Mean Gene Oakland standing by with Challenger. Macho Man Randy Savage and the lovely Miss Elizabeth. All right, with me at this time, Vince is the number one challenger and the former Intercontinental Champion, Macho Man Randy Savage, along with his manager, the lovely Elizabeth. You know, Macho Man, in recent weeks you have been living in a whirlwind of, of threats and conflicts. Perfect, perfect. I like that, me, Gino. Yeah, you must be psychic. You can see inside the Macho Man's head. Yeah, lately I've been in a whirlwind. I've been in a cyclone. In fact, I've been in the danger zone. Yeah, I've been in the danger zone east of the Pacific Ocean, west of London, England, south of Mars, and north of hell. Yeah, 30 days and 30 nights of all I've had for nourishment is fighting this mountain to the south, Dow. Yeah! But I've been listening to the glorious and soothing music of the real Elvis Presley. Not that dime store imitation Elvis, yeah, that doesn't know the difference between a guitar string and a G-string, yeah! <laughs> no, that's funny. No, that's not funny, yeah. Everybody is super serious in the danger zone. One must only think of uh, the glory of victory, yeah, for macho madness in the danger zone. Elizabeth, we're entering the danger zone right now together. We're walking down that aisle. It's cool. Yeah. The time is down, me, Gene Oakland. Macho Madness into the danger zone. Yeah. All right. I thank you. I have danger zone. Yeah. seen a more determined Macho Man, Randy Savage. This is going to be the match of a lifetime. Let's go back to you, Vince. And there it is. Macho Man reiterating his comments from the intro. Honky Tonk Man doesn't know a guitar string from a G string. Gene replies, that's funny. Savage says, that's not funny. It's super serious. As the Macho Man heads to the ring. For the danger zone. Aha. Uh -huh. Dig it. Macho Madness heading into the danger zone. And I wouldn't want to be the Hockey Talk Man for anything. And this one, as we are off to the ring to see Intercontinental Champion Hockey Talk Man, Jimmy Hart in his corner, going to take on the Macho Man, Randy Savage, the former champion, lovely Elizabeth in his corner. And the match begins with both champion and challenger fighting for control which Honky eventually gets after a cheap shot. Savage, though, is quick on the comeback, snapping Honky throat first across the top rope as he leaps over to the floor. Great leverage spot by the Macho Man. As Savage then, with the patented knee drop, has Honky begging off in the corner, and Jimmy Hart finally got a run to distraction out on the floor as he taunts Miss Elizabeth, which brings the Macho Man outside to defend his fair lady. But it was all a setup as the Honky Tonk Man attacking the Macho Man from behind on the outside. And then from there, the champion's offense is short-lived, however, as back in the ring, Savage right back on top with a running elbow and some quick jabs 
but Macho misses a knee drop this time, and finally, champion Honky Tonk Man gets secure control of the matchup, taking down Savage and then taunting the lovely Elizabeth with some hip gyrations. The champion then, Honky Tonk Man, going up to the middle rope, going to deliver his cousin Jerry Lawler's flying fist drop before, well, perhaps the Intercontinental Champion becomes too infatuated with Elizabeth as he hops outside the ring and Liz finds herself trapped between the Honky Tonk Man and Jimmy Hart. Oh, what's a lady to do? But Savage sees what's going on, and again, he's out to Liz's defense, attacking Honky on the outside and leveling him with a top rope double axe handle to the floor. Mmm, yeah, down goes the champion, aha. And it's the Macho Man right back in control in the ring, going for several pinfall attempts, but every time, it's Jimmy Hart reaching in to put Honky's leg on the ropes, or Hart grabbing Savage by the head and pulling him off the cover. You just may live to regret all of that, Jimmy Hart. As the Macho Man tries climbing to the top rope, but Jimmy Hart gonna grab his foot, trying to prevent him from getting up there, but Savage kicking Jimmy Hart off. Down to the floor goes Hart, and Savage going to climb to the top rope anyway. And the Macho Man off the top connects, blasting Honky Tonk Man with the second double axe handle off the top rope, this time into the ring. Savage looking for the win and the title. One, two, but, but Jimmy Hart reaches in again and pulls Honky's foot over to the bottom rope. This is getting a little bit ridiculous here. Jimmy Hart's interference repeatedly saving the champion from losing the title, and Savage is now pissed, as if he wasn't before, and the Macho Man no longer having any of it, dragging Jimmy Hart into the ring. Oh no, baby! As the Macho Man clocks the manager Jimmy Hart, sending him out through the ropes back to the floor, and the Intercontinental Champion Hockey Talk Man heading to the outside to check on poor manager Jimmy Hart, only to find the Colonel is knocked out cold. Must have took a good shot there from One Punch Macho Man. And with Jimmy Hart knocked out on the outside, Honky Tonk Man checking out his manager, it's the WWF Tag Team Champion, Hart Foundation, also running out to check on poor Jimmy Hart. It's Honky Tonk Man back in the ring, back to the action, but Savage continues to dominate, leading to Honky bailing yet again in order to help the Hearts carry poor Jimmy off to the locker room as we take a commercial break. And then back from break, Honky Tonk Man returning from the locker room with the Hart Foundation in tow. Looks like the Hearts are going to be the cornermen now for the Intercontinental Champion in this one as Savage continues to dominate in the ring, but it's Honky taking control after the Macho Man misses a corner charge and the cameras make sure to catch a shot of a very worried-looking Miss Elizabeth as the Intercontinental Champion continues to taunt her, shaking his hips at her in between working over the Macho Man. Honky, though, eventually missing that old Jerry Lawler fist drop on his second attempt as Savage rolls out of the way, and now both men down on the mat. But it's the challenger, the Macho Man, back up first, and Savage going to make the big comeback here, taking it to the IC champion. Savage with a big suplex, going to get himself a two-count before Honky Tonk Man is able to pitch the challenger to the floor. And then from there, Honky going to distract the referee while the Hart Foundation put the boots to the Macho Man outside and drop him across the top of the guardrail. It looks like it could be big trouble here for the Macho Man as Savage is rolled back inside. Honky Tonk Man going to drop a big elbow, and it's going to score him the one, the two, but you can't put Macho away. Randy Savage kicking out again, even after the interference from the Hart Foundation on the outside. But that's it. Honky's had enough. Up next, the champion going to set the Macho Man up. Yes, there it is. There's the shake, the rattle, and the... No, Randy Savage countering 
the shake, rattle, and roll neckbreaker with a backdrop. So there's still life in the Macho Man. And then from there, slowly Randy Savage goes up top and delivers it. The patented flying elbow drop connects onto the Intercontinental Champion Hockey Talk Man. Savage going to regain his Intercontinental title. Savage makes the cover, but it's the Hitman, Bret Hart, in to break up the pin for the intentional disqualification due to that blatant outside interference. So Randy Savage is going to get the win here, albeit on a DQ in about 13 minutes of action. Well, that's one way to keep the title honky-tonk. That was a fun match, but this one is far from over. The best part yet to come, so stay tuned. As post-match, the Hart Foundation and the honky-tonk man begin a three-on-one beatdown of Randy Savage, and they work him over pretty good here as Honky goes out and grabs his guitar. Oh no, we've seen this before. The Hart Foundation holding the Macho Man up by his arms, giving the Intercontinental Champion a clear shot at the head of Randy Savage. As the Honky Tonk Man sets up for the tune he's about to play on the head of the Macho Man, Honky Tonk grips the fingerboard, the handle of the guitar, for lack of a better term. Honky grabs hold of it like a baseball bat, and he cocks back over his head. He's going to come right down onto the skull of the Macho Man. And as Honky begins to take that big swing, Miss Elizabeth, yes, Elizabeth, jumping in front of her man. Liz jumps in front of Randy Savage and pleads with Honky Tonk Man not to follow through with the guitar shot. As Honky Tonk Man stops short, he warns Elizabeth to get out of the way, but she just continues to plead her case until the IC champ finally has enough and does the unthinkable. He tosses the lovely Elizabeth down to the mat. Why, that mother... Hmm. And now, as you might imagine, Honky receives major heat here for being the first ever to manhandle the lovely Liz, tossing her down to the mat, breaking her dress strap in the process. And then from there, Honky standing over top of Liz, gyrating his hips at her, and Liz has no option but to leave the ring and she just keeps going, heads back to the locker room. So it looks like Liz is out of here. Meanwhile, back in the ring, it's still three on one. As Honky Tonk Man finally follows through and bashes the guitar, busting a hole in it over the head of the macho man Randy Savage. And you want to talk about heel heat here. When then, all of a sudden, the fans begin rising to their feet. The crowd begins to erupt. But why? What is going on? As the cameras pan to the aisle to reveal, Miss Elizabeth is returning to the ring. But she's not alone, guys. We see Liz dragging WWF champion Hulk Hogan to the ring, pulling him by his wrist. The Hulkster seems reluctant as he looks at the sea of fans who are cheering him on to save the Macho Man. Hulk's reluctancy quickly turns to agreement. On behalf of Elizabeth, Hogan hits the ring as the heels try another three-on-one attack on the champion, but the Macho Man slowly recovers and aids the Hulkster in clearing the ring of the heels. And the crowd is absolutely bonkers as they witness the story unfold. Then once the heels retreat, we get a showdown between Hulk and Savage. They bump into each other back-to-back, and they have a showdown as they realize who's in the ring with one another. What's going to happen here between the sometimes foes Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan. Remember, guys, Hulk has had his issues in the past with the Macho Man, and he's very much on his guard here. But to the Hulkster's surprise, as well as every fan far and wide, Randy Savage extends his hand 
in friendship and appreciation to the WWF champion. From there, a stunned Hulk Hogan accepts the handshake of the Macho Man as the fans collectively lose their fucking minds, guys, as the mega powers are formed. Now, as I've said in the past, I refer to it as the handshake that made time stand still, if only for a moment. And the lovely Miss Elizabeth seems happy about the unity of the madness and the mania. And holy shit, what a segment, what an angle. So well produced, beginning to end. If the show ended here, I would have felt content. 30 minutes, maybe more from start to finish, the story being told here. Macho, by far, solidified his baby face turn in this one. We see Elizabeth get assaulted for the first time ever. Honky Tonk Man getting even more heat in the process. Liz tries to stand by her man, so to speak. But when she realized she couldn't do it alone, she left to find the one man who could possibly help. That being Hulk Hogan out to save the day, brother. And the mega powers are formed. And that means a hell of a new 18-month story arc lies ahead for us here. Dare I say, the greatest story ever told in the history of pro wrestling. And I need a swig of water after that one, guys. Bear with me just a moment. Whew. All right, but we're not done, guys. That was just the first segment of Saturday Night's Main Event. Got three more matches here to come, including WWF Champion Hulk Hogan. We just saw him out here. He's going to defend his title here tonight against the Wild Samoan Sika. And right now we're going to hear from Sika and his manager, Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji, what do you think about what we've just seen? I love it. I love it. Oh, Mr. Fuji is so happy. Hogan, you are tired. All right. Tired. All right, Mr. <laughs> Fuji. Is the Wild Samoan Sika ready for the heavyweight champion of the world? Oh, yes. The Wild Samoan is a savage. And I train him four hours a day. In my torture chamber, I give him raw crab, raw fish, and he loves chicken. Imagine the chicken neck. He stretched the neck up, and he bite, and he bite. Then the head, he'll bite the head to the brain will be dripping out slowly, slowly. And the eyes will fall out, and I love it. Ooh, yes. He Mr. is Fuji. ready. Enough Come is on. enough. Enough is enough. That's it. What a savage this is. And there it is. Fuji loves what we just saw because Hulk Hogan is now tired after coming to the aid of the Macho Man, so says Fuji. He says Sika enjoys raw fish, raw crab, and raw chicken. As we get another clip here of Sika biting the head off of a chicken, or at least a lifelike prop of a chicken. And I think Fuji even said, uh, apparently during this matchup, he promises that the Hulkster's eyes will fall out. And speaking of the Hulkster, well, it wouldn't be an edition of Saturday Night's Main Event if we didn't hear from the WWF champion. All right, standing by with B right now, heavyweight champion of the world who has already seen some unexpected ring action tonight. Hulk Hogan involving the Macho Man. Everybody knows that Hulkamania is the strongest force in the universe. But when the madness and the mania just got together, it was unbelievable. 
Well, now that I'm climbing into the jungle, I need to stay hungry. And that's what it's all about in the jungle. All right, your opponent standing by the ring night right now. Wild Samoan Sika Hulk, is your head ready going into this match? I know all about the wild Samoan, how he survives, how he lives. And in the jungle, it's survival of the fittest man. The bigger animals gobble up the little ones. And right now, Sika, now that we're both kings of this jungle so far, I'm hungrier than you are, man. I'm ready to take you, Mr. Kimchi, Mr. Fuji, the whole tribe, and tear them apart. All right, we've seen how managers can prove to be a distraction, Mr. Fuji, tonight in Sika's corner. Hey, this is my jungle, though, Mean Gene. They crossed the great territorial divide. All my natives, all my Hulkamaniacs are surrounding this jungle zone. All right, he has got them loaded. <laughs> I'm talking about the 24-inch pythons, ladies and gentlemen, heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan. Vince, let's go back to you. Hogan putting the Macho Man over says Hulkamania was the strongest force in the universe. But when the madness met the mania, holy shit, dude, things just got real. Hogan knows that in the jungle, it's survival of the fittest. Sika and Hogan are both kings of the jungle, dude. But Hulk says he's hungrier. As we're off to the ring for WWF champion Hulk Hogan going to defend that title against Sika. With Mr. Fuji and Kim Chi in his corner... And this was originally slated to be Kamala challenging the WWF champion Hulk Hogan. And some out there report that Kamala actually quit the company when he learned about this matchup and that he'd be jobbing on NBC. Seems a little silly to me to pass up some money like this. As we see the logos from both men flash across the screen, Sika gets an awesome logo, which consists of his name, Sika, and a cartoon of a man who slightly resembles Pampero Furpo. As Sika attacks the Hulkster, and away we go, forcing Hogan to the mat before distracting referee Jack Kruger while Mr. Fuji chokes away on Hogan with his cane on the apron. And then from there, Fuji even striking the champ in the face with his cane as well. So down goes the champion early on, Fuji getting in his licks as the Wild Samoan tries to capitalize with a diving headbutt, but Hogan rolling out of the way and comes fighting back, drilling Sika with a series of punches, sending him through the ropes and outside to the floor. And then once back in the ring, Sika going to rush at Hulk Hogan, who does a drop down. Hogan with a drop down. And Sika then running into a big boot from the champ. Then from there, Hogan with a Popeye-like wind-up punch sends Sika landing into the ropes. As now it's Kim Chi up on the apron, but he's quickly knocked off by the champion. However, the distraction was enough for Sika to make a recovery and attack the Hulkster from behind. Sika then clubbing Hogan, knocking him over the top rope and out to the floor. And the Wild Samoan going to follow the Hulkster outside, trying to post the champion. But Hogan reverses and it's Sika going into the steel post instead. But look out, Hulk, from behind. Mr. Fuji trying to whack the Hulkster with his cane yet again. But this time, Hogan catches him and yanks the cane away. So now it's Hulk in possession of the cane as he looks to crack Fuji with it. When a second official, Dave Hebner out here, showing up ringside to stop the assault. But Hogan refusing to let go of Fuji's cane, rolling back in the ring and daring anybody to enter the ring. So the Hulkster clearing house and having a little issue here with the referees as Saturday night's main event continues after this commercial break. And then back from break, we pick right back up where we left off, both referees demanding the cane as the crowd boos when Hogan gives it back. Then finally, we restore order and the action resumes. Sika tries to rush the Hulkster, but misses. And down goes the Samoan. 
And then Hogan off the ropes for a, a big splash by the WWF champion. But Hogan lands on the knees of Sika and the Wild Samoan going to take control. Ooh, ah, acknowledge him, people. Sika choking at the Hulkster and then Fuji again using his cane. Wait, they gave it back? Where did Hebner go? What's the meaning of this? Match continues. Sika still on top, landing a double thrust chop. Going to get himself a two count here. And then he begins to work that ever-dangerous pectoral nerve hold, titty twister of sorts here. And for my taste, this rest hold goes on entirely too long until Hulk Hogan finally breaks out, but Seacott maintaining control with a trifecta of falling headbutts and then making the cover one, two, no! Hulk Hogan is, yes, he is hulking up. And you know the drill from here, guys. Hogan absorbing some blows from the Wild Samoan before firing back with some big right hands of his own and a scoop slam, driving Sika down to the mat before the leg drop. Going to get Hulk Hogan the win in about eight minutes. So Hulk Hogan scoring the win over the Wild Samoan, and then post-match Hulkster knocking Fuji off the apron before bringing Kim Chi into the ring and delivering an atomic drop to send him packing as well, maybe for the last time here on TV in 1987 for Kim Chi. And Sika, while very limited on his offense, Hogan clearly wasn't taking the Samoan drop for the finish here, but the matchup itself still had enough bells and whistles to be better than it had any right being. So actually a good job here from both champion and challenger. But the show is not over yet, folks. We've got a couple of more matches for you, including Paul Orndorff, who's looking for revenge on the Heenan family. And right now we're going to hear from Mr. Wonderful and his brand new manager, Oliver Humperdinck. Standing by with me right now, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and his new manager, hey. Oliver Humperdinck. Gentlemen, I don't think it's any secret, Mr. Wonderful, you have publicly declared war on Bobby Heenan and his entire family. Why is that? Why is it? Everybody out there knows that Bobby Heenan, the weasel, got up on national TV, Gene, and tried to get Mr. Wonderful to take a second seat to someone else in the Heenan family. Well, Mr. Wonderful takes a second seat to no one. So I fired him, not once, but twice. That's exactly right. Mr. Wonderful was tired of lying for that no-good weasel and tired of lying to the fans, too. You know, I'm tired of lying to myself. Everybody out there knows the way Bobby Heenan manipulates people. He's the type of man that would sell his own mother's soul. Well, now, wait a minute. You seem possessed by devastating or destroying Bobby Heenan. But remember, tonight in the ring, it's King Kong Bundy, oh. not Bobby Heenan. I'm going to make the fat lady sing the blues when it's over. Yeah. Oh. There you hear it. Mr. Wonderful says that Bobby Heenan tried to make Orndorff take a back seat to ravishing Rick Rude. But Mr. Wonderful takes a back seat to no man. And Bobby Heenan was fired for the second time. And now the fat lady, or King Kong Bundy, is going to sing the blues here tonight. And with Bobby Heenan remaining on commentary here with Vince McMahon, teasing an upcoming surprise, still upcoming, Mean Gene Oakland standing by one-on-one conversation with King Kong Bundy. All right, Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, a phenomenal physical specimen tonight to meet another phenomenal physical specimen in King Kong Bundy. Apparently, Mr. Bundy, your manager, Bobby Heenan, has opted to stay in the broadcast booth he will not be in your corner. In my opinion, he is a very foolish man. Well, first of all, who cares about your opinion? He's not a foolish man. 
You know something, Bobby the Brain? He's got a lot of confidence in his ability and a lot of confidence in my ability. Remember, the going can get tremendously tough up in that ring, King Kong Bundy. When you go it alone, the Heenan family is not infallible. Everybody knows the Heenan family. When something's going wrong, when things are going bad, we stick together. And don't forget, it's a big family, a very big family. All right. Now it's time for me to go to the ring, little man, and you to shut up. Please give me a break. Vince, let's get back to you. Bunny says that the Heenan family, they stick together. And you'll see here shortly that it is a very large family. And we'll leave it at that for now as we head to the ring for Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff with Oliver Humberdink going to take on King Kong Bundy as Vince McMahon chastises Bobby Heenan for staying on commentary. Calls it a big mistake here for the brain not to be in the corner of Bundy as he takes on Paul Orndorff. McMahon even suggesting that Heenan may be afraid to be at ringside, which I may buy. And as the match gets going, Bundy and Orndorff begin to slug it out, but Mr. Wonderful missing a dropkick early on and Bundy taking over on control. Though Orndorff does manage to take Bundy over in a sunset flip for a fun spot, but it only gets a two count and Bundy right back on top after blasting Paul with a back elbow into the chest. Then from there, King Kong gets Mr. Wonderful down with a body slam, but he misses a big jumping elbow drop and Orndorff coming back, firing on all cylinders, connecting with an elbow off the middle rope. And then comes running off the rope with the Orndorff elbow drop. Sorry, guys, no dance here back in 87. Going to get him a two count, however. And with Bundy down and Orndorff getting near falls, it looks like King Kong, he may be in trouble as Bobby Heenan finally agrees to leave the broadcast booth. As it's Mr. Wonderful still in control, this time connecting with his dropkick and net him a near fall. As the camera cuts to, that's Andre the Giant making his way to ringside. Talk about a big surprise. Talk about a giant surprise. Andre the Giant making his way out to ringside. As Mr. Wonderful better grow eyes in the back of his head. Meanwhile, back in the ring, Paul planting a knee lift and another nice dropkick sends King Kong Bundy out to the floor. Bobby Heenan returning to commentary as he admires his surprise from afar. Andre the Giant arriving ringside to act as the advisor for King Kong Bundy as we head into a commercial break. So it's Andre in the corner of King Kong Bundy here taking on Mr. Wonderful. Bobby Heenan going to remain on commentary as we come back from break. Bundy takes control, but he telegraphs a backdrop and eats a big boot to the face. And then Paul right back on top, landing another pair of elbow drops, but misses a third. Bundy then tossing Paul down to the mat and drops a knee across the sternum of Orndorff. Going to get one, two, but Paul kicks out and Bundy going to clamp on a chin lock. But just when it looks like Orndorff is going to break the hold, Bundy releases it and sends Paul into the corner. Bundy looking for that avalanche splash, but Orndorff moves out of the way and Bundy missing the charge into the corner allows Mr. Wonderful the time to recover and make the comeback. As Paul Orndorff fires off a series of shots, rocking the big man Bundy, Orndorff tries for an Irish whip, but Bundy reverses Paul, and Orndorff goes crashing hard into the corner. But as Paul tries to stagger out of the way, out of the corner, likely to avoid another avalanche attempt, it's Andre the Giant reaching in through the ropes, grabbing Paul Orndorff by the back of his trunks and yanking him backwards, back into the corner, and holding him in place for Bundy to deliver the avalanche splash. And King Kong Bundy going to steal the win over Mr. Wonderful. Seven minutes and 45 seconds shown here on TV. And I wrote, wow, 
I did not see that coming in 1987. And well, maybe with Andre, I, I guess I did, but I just didn't see a Bundy resurgence here at this point. And of course, King Kong Bundy going to go on to do even more over the next couple months in the WWF. So I guess it makes sense. Still shocked at the job here on NBC by Mr. Wonderful. And Oliver Humperdinck is just about as worthless as a babyface manager as you can get. He did absolutely nothing here in this matchup. But the big story here is Andre the Giant is apparently back in the WWF after getting involved in the action. And God, it still sticks with me. I just can't believe we got that pinfall victory win over Mr. Wonderful here on TV. But I suppose maybe the writing already on the wall for Paul Orndorff. As the show continues on, one more match here on the event featuring the WWF Tag Team Champion Heart Foundation defending against the Young Stallions. Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the hearts in the back. So let's not wait any longer. Let's go back to Mean Gene. Gentlemen, your involvement earlier tonight. No, no, no. Let's tell it like it was. Your disgraceful sneak attack during the course of the Intercontinental title match I found to be personally repugnant to me as a journalist. That event will live in infamy with such other infamous events as Pearl Harbor. Are you nuts? What do you mean am I nuts? It was totally justified. That's, That's our manager. That's our manager. He was knocked out on the floor. That's our meal ticket. And now we have to go back out to the ring without him. All right, all right. Let's talk about this match. You're going to be challenged tonight by Young Stallions, Jim Powers, and Paul Roma. <laughs> They're pretty boys. So young, so sweet, so innocent. Innocent. Just the type you like to punch and slap around. <laughs> you guys are sick. You're all sick. You are a menace to the sport that I love. Oh, I have nothing further to say to you. Oh, good riddance. Let's get out of here, man. And there you hear it. The Hart Foundation lending their version of what transpired earlier here between the Macho Man and Honky Talk Man out there. Of course, the Hart's upset that Macho Man took out their manager, Jimmy Hart, and now they head to the ring. Sands manager here tonight. And man, that was some kind of punch, I guess, for the Macho Man. Jimmy Hart's still out of it. Mean referring to the Hart's and company as a menace to the sport that he loves. Oakland absolutely disgusted with the tag team champions as we're off to the ring for the tag team title matchup of the Hart Foundation. Remember, no Jimmy Hart as they take on the Young Stallions. There's no real reason given here on Saturday night's main event for this matchup, but for the diehard fans of the time, we know that it wasn't too long ago that Powers and Roma defeated the champs via a reverse decision after Mr. T came ringside, explained to the referee that the Hart Foundation had in fact cheated to win the matchup. So reverse decision, the Stallions defeated the Hearts on a disqualification. Now, since that time, Powers and Roma have acquired matching jackets, a team name, now the Young Stallions, They've even stolen Jimmy Hart's Crank It Up theme, a theme Jimmy Powers will use well into 1993. So the team has really been given a strong push in recent weeks on TV, and now they make it to national broadcast TV. Let's see how they fare. As the action gets going, the Young Stallions in control on the anvil and the hitman to start things off. Powers with a couple of near falls off a sunset flip and a high-impact running cross-body block on the hitman before running into a heart knee right into the bread basket of powers. And Brett takes over with a nice looking backbreaker as the Hart Foundation then begin to work over Jimmy Powers on the mat. But Jimmy finally going to leapfrog over the hitman to make the hot tag out to partner Paul Roma. As Roma comes in a house of fire on both of the champions 
which leads us to a four-way melee as the Hart Foundation whipped into one another and collide center ring. The Stallions then, with a double drop kick, sends the anvil out to the floor. Can you feel it, guys? A title change in the works. Jimmy Powers sending the hitman off the ropes into a Paul Roma power slam. One, two, but the anvil in to break up the count. As referee Dave Hepner now forcing Jimmy Powers back to the corner. Meanwhile, behind his back, the Hart Foundation going to land their heart attack. Double team maneuver on Paul Roma, and the Hart's going to pick up the win in just four minutes and 33 seconds. Hmm. Guess I was just expecting more from this match after their first encounter, but really good finishing sequence, but would have liked to have seen this being given a little more time. Most definitely a little more offense from the Stallions would have made them look more credible moving forward after this matchup. While the Hart Foundation, they didn't really do a whole lot of anything. But time restraints, I guess. And speaking of time restraints, we had to save some time to get this one in. We're going to go backstage for that infamous promo, guys, where the mania meets the madness. Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the Macho Man Randy Savage and WWF champion Hulk Hogan. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a taste of it a little earlier on here on Saturday night's main event when the madness met the mania. I am talking about Macho Madness and Hulkamania, two mega powers beating here tonight. Hulk Hogan, what is happening? Well, you know me, Gene, we really don't know what we're dealing with here, man. And I'm just kind of a little worried about locking up here. It's all right. Because we just might blow the whole planet up, you know. Everybody knows that Hulkamania is the strongest force in this universe. But when I hit that ring and I saw what the madness was all about, I realized there was a whole other universe out there, a whole other frontier, and the power of the madness and the mania just blew my 24 guns out, man. You mean to tell me there is another solar system, Macho oh, Man? Unbelievable. I'm still in a state of shock right now. In fact, I don't think I'm going to be coming down for a long period of time. Yeah, reckless abandon is what it used to be. Yeah, but Elizabeth opened up my eyes and the big man right here, the big man, yeah, he endorsed Macho Man this and he gave me direction. Yeah. Reckless abandon used to be, but direction now with the mega, yeah, the mega, yeah, the mega power, yeah, mega powers, yeah. I feel the power now. I You're feel sh- the power right there. Mm-hmm. Big man, sure, yeah. You're looking hit over the head, Macho Man. Oh, no, man. I'm all right. I've never been better, yeah. Don't you worry about the hit over the head, man. I'm just worried about where we're going from here. Is it this stratosphere, man? Is it the ionosphere with the madness and the mania as one guiding force? We could go ahead and take the whole I w- cannot w- believe this. No, there it is the madness met the mania here tonight on saturday night's main event hulk hogan endorsing macho madness it gave him direction and now it's the mega powers yes guys the mega powers have formed look out world wrestling federation as we conclude this edition of saturday night's main event we get the pile driver music video as sung by coco beware special appearances from the likes of 
Hulk Hogan, Arnold Scullin, even Vince McMahon here in this video. And then it's back to the announcers ringside. Vince and Bobby, we close it out as Bobby Heenan gloating about his giant surprise, the return of Andre. And Vince McMahon assuring us that Jimmy Hart is doing okay for those who were worried. And a very fun way to close out this edition of Saturday Night's Main Event as we hear Patsy Klein's Stand By Your Man as we see clips of Miss Elizabeth coming to the rescue of the Macho Man earlier here tonight. How appropriate. Wow, what an amazing time to be a fan. An amazing time in wrestling history. Living proof that sometimes sports entertainment is okay. And this is easily one of those times. Wow, we waited five months of WWF TV to get back to another edition of Saturday Night's Main Event, and boy, did it deliver. Really, you were done with the stories after the first half hour, another hour of Saturday Night's Main Event to go. We got some other fun matches. Bundy and Orndorff saw the return of Andre. Orndorff takes a pinfall loss, though tainted. Mr. Wonderful goes down here on NBC as he continues his feud with the Heenan family and no doubt Rick Rude in the future. But also, we saw a WWF title defense, Hulk Hogan back on NBC, scoring a win over the Wild Samoan Sika. Would a matchup with Kamala have been more fun? For me, yes. But still, I think the guys delivered above and beyond what I was expecting. And then the Hearts and Young Stallions, a little too short for my taste of what they were going for there. Didn't really help the Stallions much here. Felt more like a superstar's extended squash. But lots of things are going to change very soon here in the World Tag Team title hunt. And while the Young Stallions didn't get the win here on NBC, they'll be getting a major win very soon on pay-per-view. But that's going to wrap it up here this week for The Grenade. When we return next time, we're going to look into the month of October news here in the World Wrestling Federation. Also going to take a look, a deep look, into the results for the month of October. Everything going on around the horn from October 1st to the 31st. And of course, we'll have some sound bites worked in between as well. I want to thank all of you guys again for being part of yet another episode of The Grenade. And I had a lot of fun calling the formation of the Mega Powers here as the fall of 1987 gets rolling for the World Wrestling Federation. And we'll be back soon next week, in fact, with more here on The Grenade. But until then, just a quick reminder, you can listen to all of the WrestleCopia brand podcasts over at WrestleCopia.com and all of your favorite podcast streaming apps. Remember to follow me on social media on Twitter at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me at Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And be sure to subscribe to YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade as well. And hey, guys, if you have a moment, if you have a few bucks, you want to help support everything I do here, want to help me keep all these shows up and running, the Grenade, Monday Warfare, Regional Wrestling. Got some other ones in the works as well, guys. If you want to see all of these shows thrive and continue, I ask you guys to please, if you can, show your support by heading over to patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. Just try out that $5 all-access tier. Get you so many gifts for just $5. And every penny of it goes right back here into keeping the WrestleCopia podcast network up and running. And I truly appreciate all of your support. But until then, it's time to say goodbye, guys. But I'll be back next week. More October 87 WWF on the way. So until then, this is Ray Russell saying, from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and I'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. I'll see you next week. Don't miss it. Be there!
when the madness met the mania. I am talking about macho madness and Hulkamania, two mega powers beating here tonight. Wolf's doing a state of shock right now. With the mega, yeah, the mega, yeah, the mega powers, yeah. Mega powers, yeah. 